Parents, welcome to another episode of The Journey, a podcast intended to educate, equip, and entertain you as we talk about important issues facing our families. PCA is a Christ-centered, biblically-based, and family-focused community of committed believers doing life together. We hope the information you hear on this podcast informs and inspires you to be a better parent. Welcome to The Journey. All right, parents, welcome back to The Journey. Dan Panetti here. I've got Johnny Farr from right across um, the parking lot. That's right. Hello, um, everybody. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit. Uh, tell us your title. Um, mm-hmm. And you've been there like maybe a year? Just over a year. Just over a year. That's right. So tell us what you do at, uh, at Preston World. Yeah, I'm one of the ministers to married adults, particularly our A2 division, which is married adults between the ages of 35 to 45. Yes, and you would normally be my... Um, married adult minister. That's right. Um, but you said the ages, uh-huh. and, and I'm not in that age group. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you just, well, your wife is, but maybe you're She's not. not. <laughs> not. Yeah. Neither of us are. So, um, so yes, you got uh, you got uh, fortunate, right? You were fortunate not to have us, because if you talked to Tim Matthews, he'd tell you what. You know, most of the work, right, comes from that, you know, Belding Panetti class. So. I don't know. He uh, he says that you guys have a pretty amazing class. Does he really? He does. Okay. That's I've been right. paying him to say that, so I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know if word got out or not. Well, so. he actually paid me to say that as well. Excellent. I love it. Uh, yes. Okay, so um, how long have you been at Prestonwood? Been there just over a year. And That's you right. came from? I came from a church in Fort Worth called Christ Chapel Bible Church. I was there for 11 years. No way. And then right after that, I moved to a church in Colleyville called First Baptist Colleyville. I was just there about three years. Okay, fantastic. Where are you from? Are you from Texas? I'm from a small town that's now big town, Alito, uh, just west of Fort Worth. I know Alito. Yeah, man. Yes. Yeah. I've been to Alito. Go Bearcats. Yeah. <laughs> Go Bearcats. I love it. And your wife, you said Alicia? Alicia, yes. Alicia. She grew up, uh, she'll correct you. Okay. So I learned I got it. from her that say, I need say it, to say, say it the right Alicia. way. Alicia. 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 Gotcha. That's right. She's she grew from? up in Alito as well. Okay. Uh, we High did, school sweethearts? Uh, kind of. Ooh. I always had a big crush on her. Her, gotcha. But she's way out of my league, still is. Uh, it took her a little while to realize, right, what incredible potential you have as a, as a husband, as a father, right? You realized that early on for her, right? But she just needed a little bit more time to see that great Right. That's right. That or I just my my tricks finally worked. Finally, finally worked. Right? It's like, <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> yes. Okay. And so, um, you, did you? When did you start dating? We started dating right after we graduated high school. Okay. Um, and so we knew each other in high school. We went on a double date once, but not together. But I just always knew Alicia, thought she was way out of my league. And so I made my move, my formal move, so to speak, after we graduated high school. Gotcha. And uh, I don't know if you remember the uh, MySpace social media platform. Yeah. Oh, man. I use that to okay. my advantage. That was it, huh? That, that was, was it. Yeah. And now it's gone. And now it's gone. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and the reason we're talking about your relationship is because we're going to talk about marriage. Let's go. That's right. <laughs> we're going to talk about all things marriage. Well, whether we were talking about marriage or not, my wife would have been brought up. That's right. Absolutely. Um, but we, your, your role here um, is to help encourage and equip marriages. That's right. So. And, and that's, I mean, that's it, one, it, it's... It's a unique role, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's also, I think, so valuable that a church has on staff somebody who's just looking at, in a sense, the state of our marriages mm-hmm. and asking the question every day, how do we equip people um, to have better marriages, more secure marriages, right? Um, you know, 
understand the importance of marriage in a culture that has diminished it so greatly. So greatly. So I, I love this position that you get to to play in this role. Um, a couple things that are coming up that we want to talk about. Yeah. So that people know what what's happening. And then we just want to talk about marriage in general and kind of equip and mm-hmm. uh, encourage our parents. But I know one thing that you've got coming up we want to talk about is coming that's, up in April. Yeah, we have a one marriage workshop. Okay, one gonna, marriage workshop. That's right. We're going to talk about one issue, that issue being finances. I mean, we're in uh, the inflation is going up. Sure. Cost of everything. Big joke on social media right now is eggs costing a million dollars. Yeah, crazy. And uh, it is crazy. And I love eggs, so it's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be on Friday, April 14th uh, from 5 30 to 8 o'clock at Prestonwood Plano campus. Okay. Uh, we also have it happening that following day on Saturday, April 15th uh, at our Prosper campus. Yep. And uh, we're going to bring in some really high caliber speakers to talk about how uh, finances within a marriage should be something that we should be unified in yeah. and how to do that. Yeah. And it, it, it can be something that can be divisive. I, I know oh, for sure. sometimes when, um, when two individuals come from different financial upbringing or backgrounds, uh-huh. right, coming together as one, um, I've heard and I've counseled, right, mm-hmm. couples, right, when I see differences, one of the big things being, um, you know, we have separate bank accounts. Oh, and I'm man. like, oh, that's that's not healthy. Yeah. That's, <laughs> we, it just we don't, breeds mistrust. Right. We don't, we don't need separate bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just kind of walking people through right through the biblical lens of right wh- what is money there for mm-hmm. right and how are we wise stewards of it and what are we supposed to do with the resources that God has given us and and you really do as you said you really need to be on the same page that's right and it, it leads to just great conversations mm-hmm. um, uh, a wonderful opportunity to kind of work through maybe some you know some difficulties or some struggles that you had that you're bringing into a relationship and mm-hmm. work through that and so I, I think that's what, what you're looking at is saying hey we don't want finances to be something that separates us. We want it to be a tool, right, that we use to grow together. We grow closer to God. And then it's an instrument that the Lord can use in in our marriage life, right, actually to better, right, the relationship and to influence the world around us. That's right. You know, even on my way here to the studio, I got a text from my wife that said, hey, Johnny, can we start spending less than we have been? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I'm sorry that I bought that power washer on Amazon Wait, without did you talking. Really? I did. I did. And so <laughs> I'm also going to be sitting front row at this uh, workshop oh, taking that's notes. So great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just regardless where your marriage is at, yeah. um, finances seem to be something that just knocks on the door. Satan wants to use it to divide, but God wants yeah. it to unify. Yeah. Satan doesn't really care what he uses. He, he just wants to divide. Right. That's right. Game plan 101. Uh, is this going to be something? I know you just said April 14th, April right? 14th. Here at the Plano, a- April 15th at the North Campus. That's right. You're talking about finances now. Is this going to be something that you're going to do again in the future talking about something else. We are. Okay. Yeah. And so the next time that we have our one marriage workshop, we're going to talk about another issue, whether it be it. intimacy, whether it be in-laws, whether it be communication, conflict. Uh, there's some hot button issues that yes. are typically super important every to talk marriage about. at some point. They're like, we need some enrichment. We need to be equipped on this topic. Yeah. And so... We used to at Preston would kind of take the shotgun approach and talk about all, all four or five right. of these yeah. all at once. And yeah. we would just send people home in this whirlwind of what do I do next? Yeah. So, so you're, you're trying to points. kind of do the, the less is more approach, right? Let's right. dig in, go a little bit deeper, mm-hmm. walk away with one thing. It's one thing. And, and I think, okay, so here I'll, I'll throw this out. Even if you don't feel like finances is a problem, yeah. okay, I think coming and being equipped. Okay, that's right. Because, because things may change in the future, or 
you're going to have other people that you're talking with and dealing with, and it mm-hmm. might be a problem for them. And just because it's not a problem for you doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're like, hey, I went to this conference, right? Learn some different things. Let me help and share those with you. So I don't, I don't want people to kind of, the, the idea being, hey, if I show up at this, it means that this is a problem in my relationship. And yeah. I think that the reality is, is like, no, if you show up at this, it means, hey, I want to work on my marriage and marriage is important. And this is, this is something that a lot of people are talking mm-hmm. about. And it may be something, right, that's a difficulty in somebody else's relationship. And I want to help equip them. That's right. So you can come to this. Come and help be a blessing to somebody else. I you may it. in the future need that. Yes. I mean, we're on a parenting podcast right now. Yes. And so God willing, you're talking to your kids about these. And so these principles, these main themes that yep. we're going to uncover at this One Marriage Workshop are also main themes that you should be talking about with your kid. I, well, I love that concept, mm-hmm. right? Because um, the idea of how are we helping our kids prepare to be married someday. That's right. And, and I think that's an important aspect mm-hmm. um, that you have to, right, kind of figure out, like, what what do I do to give parents um, that idea? We were talking before mm-hmm. um, about how marriage has pushed back later and later and later. Later and, and later. In our culture, less and less and less, right? Mm-hmm. And not that marriage is um, the preeminent relationship, right, from a Christian perspective. You don't have to be married to love the Lord. Some think you do, though. Uh, some mm-hmm. think you do. That that's the ultimate pinnacle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and really, it's my relationship with the Lord is the ultimate pinnacle. That should be the now, way it is. Now, sharing yeah. that relationship, right, with another person, if that person's going to be of the opposite sex, marriage is that great relationship that the Lord uses. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you need to have great relationships with, you know, as a guy, good guy relationships. Yes. If you're a girl, good girl relationships relationships, mm-hmm. right? But marriage is a very special place, right, within Scripture that God gives us as an opportunity, as you talked about, right, to to increase your sanctification, mm-hmm. right? Because you're, you're allowing yourself to be put into a relationship where now somebody else, right, can speak into the things that they see in an intimate way, yeah. that they see your self-centeredness, right, mm-hmm. the, the buying of the power washer, and they get to speak to that. You allow them to speak to that, That's right? right? And that marriage relationship can be such an incredible opportunity for you to grow in your walk with the Lord. And I hope for a lot of our families, right, they have that, right? Mm -hmm. Because you see so many people in the culture who don't. And it's an unfortunate thing where marriage becomes something where you become, you know, intimate, you become vulnerable, and then the other person uses it as kind of a weapon to beat you over the head with. I know, yeah. And that's such a terrible thing. sad. And so we need to train our kids, hey, here's what marriage looks like. Here's what marriage can be used for to draw you closer to the Lord, right? How do we prepare our kids so that they can step into that role, right, Mm -hmm. to be that husband and to be that wife, and we still celebrate that relationship in a culture that is just kicking it to the curb? That's right. Yeah, the end-all, be-all of a relationship is a relationship with the Lord. Our whole life, God's pursuing us and saying, I want a relationship with you. Um, I'm crying out for you. Look at the ways I've been pursuing my people from the very beginning of time. And you look at someone's life from the moment they're born, they enter into a relationship with mom and dad. And uh, that's a sanctifying one. It can be challenging. Uh, and then as they grow, they learn what it looks like to build friendships. Mm-hmm. That is a sanctifying relationship. Yep. And then all of a sudden they have a boss or a supervisor and they learn submissiveness and are sanctified even more. And all throughout life, God gives us earthly relationships with one another that either turn up or amplify, I guess those are the same things, your relationship with the Lord. Yeah. It's our goal is to look more like Jesus. We're talking about marriage. I know my sin more specifically because of my sweet wife yeah. kindly and gently 
pointing it out. I know how fallen of a creature I am, how selfish I am, because I'm a dad. That relationship as well sanctifies me. Yeah, the crazy thing about the parenting relationship is that actually it mirrors your selfishness because your kids pick up on right oh, yeah. what they 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 just you, they watch you mm-hmm. right and then they just act out what you do and when you see that selfishness and you kind of like where where did they learn that and like well that would kind of be from you and That's so right. you learn that now the marriage relationship obviously you, you know your spouse is bringing into that relationship their own right concept and and their own personality and who they are and so it's not so much the mere aspect but it's it's the ability for somebody to really speak into your life that you you've allowed for them to say hey I want to make you a better version of yourself I want to make you a better person I want to make you the best husband the best father and and for me I want to make my wife the best wife and the best mother mm-hmm. and when you allow a person to speak that truth into you right that that can be such a um incredible equipping opportunity for a person if they do it in the right way, mm-hmm. right? And if they do it in the wrong way, it can be such a damaging relationship to a person. So marriage is a really, really important and valuable um, resource that the Lord has given us mm-hmm. to show us, right, in a sense, our true selves um, and to allow us to grow in our Christ-likeness. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I just think from a, from a marriage perspective, right, <clears throat> the church really has to look at, you know, how are our marriages doing? And I love that Preston Wood has said, hey, Johnny, <laughs> Here, here's a job. That's right. I want you to look at this and say, how can we make our marriages better? Yeah, I came, uh, before I came to Preston when I was in student ministry for 16 years, mm-hmm. and I tried everything to try to reach teenagers for Christ. I mean, I had incredibly awesome churches who trusted me, gave me a really long leash, said, Johnny, craft a philosophy of ministry, reach teenagers for Christ, and turn them into what Colossians one twenty eight through 29 says, fully mature followers of Jesus. And, you know, I I think the longer you do student ministry and the more that you spin your wheels and you recognize that parents, I say, I used to say this all the time in my parent meetings, God has given you, mom and dad, the primary responsibility of discipling your kids. We as a church play a complementary role. We harmonize with what you are hopefully saying and doing at home. But many parents don't see it that way. It's Church, we need you to teach our kids about who Jesus is, but it's this conflicting thought that happens inside of our teenagers. They see their parents interact at home with one another in their marriage, and they see what their youth pastor, small group leaders are doing, and if they don't see unity... It's the their worldview comes crashing down. This is why we have so much deconstruction of faith happening. Yeah. I mean, you know this as a worldview yeah, guy. Yeah, it's, it's totally true. And I think the other thing is, <clears throat> I mean, you as when you were a youth minister, mm-hmm. I mean, think about um, how much time you actually get with the students. Oh. Right. Very Versus limited. how much time they actually get with their parents at home, and how the parents have an incredible opportunity to see all the different things that are going on with their kids if they would pay attention to it, right? right. Put, put your phone down, spend time with your kids, have those conversations. And I'm having them from, you know, from the time they're born until they're, you know, 18 or 19 and they leave the home. When I walk into the youth ministry, right, you're, you're just getting to know kids, oh, right? Yeah. And then, you know, after a couple of years, you're passing them on to the next youth ministry and they're passing them on to the next youth. I, I love what youth ministry can do. That's right. But, but do not mistake, right, that the concept that what happens in the home is far more valuable in the spiritual life and development. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to talk about this from a parenting standpoint, really, and, and this, you know, the, the studies will show that the spiritual life of the father That's so true. really becomes kind of the, the, 
the gauge of the spiritual life of what's going to happen to the family. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such an important reminder to us that we see so many women, and I love, right, our spiritually minded moms who are just, you know, killing it and just, you know, knocking it out of the park every day. But it's like, where are those men to find that opportunity in that role to say, hey, listen, right, I'm I'm the leader of the family, mm-hmm. right? God has given me that particular position. And really the spiritual temperature of where my family is going to be and what my kids see is going to come from a lot of what the dad does. Yep. And so such an important role for the father to play mm-hmm. uh, and not miss that opportunity, right, to go out there and, and you know, create a kingdom, um, you know, in the work world, but miss the one thing that God's given you yeah. and your family. Man, God's given me an unshakable passion to make disciples of fathers and of husbands. And, Love it. Uh, one thing that I've just noticed is people forget that there are two very important parts in the life of a believer. The first one is when you know Jesus, yes. when you give your life to the Lord, you humble yourself, you acknowledge your sin, mm-hmm. and you say, Jesus, come into my life. Yep. And that reconciliation takes place and you know Jesus. Yep. But the second part is this, how do I follow Jesus. You have so, I notice so many men that have shallow faith because nobody walked alongside them and said, this is how you follow Jesus. And they look at the the daunting mountain that stands before them and they don't know how to get up there. And so, man, one thing that I love that God's given me an opportunity to do is to spend time with dads, with husbands here at Prestonwood. And I've noticed a, a theme that if men see that there is a challenge in front of them, they will go all out mm-hmm. and they will pursue it um, and they will try it. But they have to see the return on investment. Yeah. And uh, if there's one thing that God put in each one of us as fathers and husbands, it's this, I need to lead my family. Yeah. How do I do that? And uh, man, I've been discipling these guys for uh, here at Preston for just about a year now. And it's my hope, the end goal is not that they just disciple their their kids and their wife and that they have healthy relationships, but that they are beacons of light and examples to the other men around them. Sure. It's this multiplication yeah. thought. Titus two principle, right? Yes. Older men train up the younger men, yeah. older women train up the younger women, mm-hmm. right? That's what we're looking for. We're looking for those models. But it, I'll say this, if, if all that you did was disciple and train your kids, <laughs> yeah. right? That would, that would be in a sense enough. Right. Just, hey, my kids are going to walk with the Lord. Right. And if every family did that, that was walking with the Lord, that's fantastic. Now, evangelism says, hey, let's take what we have and share it with other people. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is which is fantastic, which is awesome. But I think we can't export. Right, what we haven't done well at home, mm-hmm. right? And Scripture talks about that oh, idea. Qualifications of right. elders, be- deacons. Before, right. yeah, before you run out here and start telling other people how to live their life, right? make sure that when they look at yours, they say, oh, okay, mm-hmm. so this is what it looks like when I devote my life to the Lord. Here's what my merit... Now, you don't have to be perfect, no. right? That's why we have a Savior. Praise the Lord. Um, but we have to have that idea that when people examine what we're selling them, when mm-hmm. we share with them about, hey, here's what you can have in a life with Christ. And they look at our life and they say, well, boy, I don't want that, right? We have to be very careful of that concept, right? Of saying, okay, so we need to make sure that we are discipling our own kids. Yes. And, and when when our kids are in you know, the worship center or are running through the church and different things like that, when people say, hey, there's a, there's a Panetti, 
mm-hmm. right? Or there's a far, right? I think that mentality should be something where people say, okay, that, that's not a perfect kid. I'm not expecting Jesus to run through here. But I am expecting somebody who understands, right, what authority is yeah. uh, and is respectful of that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm expecting somebody that when corrected, they respond to that correction, Right, because that's something that I've trained them at home to do. Yeah. Okay. And I, I think that's the idea that I have is from a parenting standpoint, right? That marriage relationship is so essential yep. in helping do the training and the correcting and the modeling for those young kids. Mm-hmm. That if they don't have a good marriage, those young kids grow up right in that turmoil and that stress um, that produces a lot of anxiety in their life. And yeah. we're seeing that with our young people. Right. Mm-hmm. There's so much anxiety, and I think. A lot of that is, right, the home life is very difficult. Um, They're watching the world go by them at an incredibly rapid pace, and they can't keep up with it. And they don't have somebody, right, to walk alongside them and say, hey, listen, that that's not what we're pursuing anyway. That's right. Right? We don't need to keep up with, you know, five-second sound bites on TikTok. No. Right? That's going to be gone, right? Something else is going to replace it. But here's the stuff that's going to last forever. Dan, I mean, what you're saying is so true. I mean, there's a direct correlation between the spiritual maturity of a teenager and the marital vibrancy of their parents. And if there is an unhealthy relationship between mom and dad, the teenager will pick up on that and it will have them question their faith and what marriage is even for. And I think isn't it awesome that Jesus gives us very specifically uh, in Scripture what to do, how to do it, and how serious it is? Yes. I was just reading um, you know, a couple months ago studying Matthew 25, and Jesus is giving this parable to answer the question that to his disciples. They said, Jesus, when are you coming back, and what is it going to look like? Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, okay, let me kind of tell you a story to unpack this. He said, it'll be like a master who comes and brings three servants and gives them a lot of great things, some talents, some uh, resources. And he says, I'm going to leave. But when I come back, um, it's my expectation that you multiply this. Mm -hmm. And the servant uh, puts a work and the master left. And uh, you see that. You see two servants who went and used the gifts that God had given them, the responsibility, and they multiplied that resource. And uh, when Jesus came back, he's the the master here mm-hmm. in the parable. Uh, he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been entrusted over a, lim- a little, now enter into the joy of the master. And then there was one guy, one servant who didn't do anything with the responsibility and the resources that God gave him. And that guy was not told, well done, my good and faithful servant. Right. He said, you need to enter yeah. into the place where hey. there's weeping and gnashing <laughs> yeah, of teeth. Wicked and lazy. Yeah and, I, yeah. and I think our faith that Jesus is going to return, and I hope that it's soon. It, wouldn't it be amazing if it was right now? Yep. But uh, what should we do until our master returns? make disciples. And it has to be within our home. It has to start there. And if from there it bleeds out into the world around us. Yeah. That's why I think it's so important too. Um, I love that you're a married adult minister, right? Over a bunch of life groups. Cause I think from the church's perspective, 
that's where the rubber meets the road. That's right. right? That's the meat and potatoes, yes, right? Which I, I mean, I love big church, right? Whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. But, you know, big church, you go there. Uh, it's a large group discipleship opportunity, mm-hmm. right? The pastor's going to open up the word of God. He's going to teach, right? We're going to have an incredible worship experience, right? We're going to have an opportunity to come into the presence of the Lord, right? And to humble ourselves to receive right? The, the word and the information that God's given us. Yep. But then we move from that into, right, an opportunity for us to kind of ask questions and get, and get practical and, and, and walk life together with people. And that's where the life groups come in. Mm-hmm. And that opportunity to, you know, not only again, open up the word, right, and listen, but also to, to wrestle with things and to, to ask questions and to, you know, to see how people are doing life and to, you know, go to dinner with somebody and, you know, hang out, you know, uh, you know, coach the little league team together and things like that. Like the, I think the life groups are so important in that discipleship making process that when people miss that, when people talk about, you know, a Preston would a big church. I'm just like, I mean, I mean, it's a big building over there, mm-hmm. right? But it's a, it's a, you know, I, I'm the church, right? Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, little churches running around in there in that big building. Um, and you've got to find a place where you can plug in and get to know people and they can get to know you yep. and they can hold you accountable. They can encourage you. They can walk through life with you. And I think that's such an important aspect that I see when, when we, like we, you know, taught our married adult class for 28 years or something like that. And Mm -hmm. I've noticed that um, when people struggled in their marriage, they would withdraw from the life group. Yeah. And that was the thing. It's like, that's the last time you want to withdraw. That's where you want to lean into and say, Hey, listen, I'm struggling with this. I need help. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And I think that's the important part is those life groups are there so that when people are going through difficult times, they're surrounded by people who can walk alongside, carry their burdens, help out. Whether it's you know a health issue, a financial issue, whatever it is, spiritual issue, mm-hmm. right? When you're struggling with something, you've got a place to lean into yeah. and to go to and get those resources mm-hmm. and, and and that wisdom. Dan, here's something that I've have just observed um, specifically with the demographic that I minister to, mm-hmm. 35 to 45 year olds, is there is shame and guilt, embarrassment associated with marital enrichment. Mm-hmm. It's I I need to present this persona to the world around me that my marriage is great, Mm. but in reality, it's just crumbling. It's falling apart. Um, And uh, I see so many people who struggle with this thought that receiving help, receiving enrichment and training or coaching or mentorship is like, if you do that, then you must be you know, on the way to your divorce lawyer, but that's not it at all. You know, I think it's an age old joke that husbands, we're the ones who take care of our wife's car. You know, we get in our wife's car and we're like, babe, why is the check engine light been on? How long has this check engine light been on? And, um, I think it's, we talked about the importance of men. It's so, and fathers, husbands, it's our responsibility to make sure that there aren't any bleeping lights in our marriage. And when there are going for regular care and upkeep, like I take my car to the mechanic, you know, every quarter for an oil change. change, Right. Do this, do that. Right. And 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 if I don't, it's going to fall apart. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you do the same thing for your marriage, which is a million times more valuable, Mm -hmm. right? Than a vehicle you drive from point A to point B. That's right. But what we want to do is act like everything under our hood is perfect and it never needs tune-ups at all. And uh, when it does, I want to do it in a secretive way. So, so here's the, here's the crazy thing. Think about this, right? It's okay for me to take my car into the shop, right? Because the equipment under the hood, mm-hmm. right, by definition, right, wears down, 
Yes. That, that's that's what it does, right? That's right. There, you know, there's wear and tear on the engine, so every once in a while I got to take it in. The concept is is marriage is the same thing. It most right? certainly you, is. You put two people together in a relationship, and you're going to rub against exactly, each other. and yeah. you're going to rub against each other, and there's going to be friction, and things are going to right wear down. Now, mm-hmm. right. If you're going to get regular maintenance on your car, you should get regular maintenance on your marriage. That's right. right? You should have an opportunity for your marriage to be examined. Now, I I think it's great when a husband and wife can do that, Mm -hmm. right, and say, hey, let's have a regular maintenance check-in, find out how the marriage is going. But I think it's also super valuable when you have other people around you that are able to share in that experience and speak into those things and say, hey, listen, my husband and I are having a difficulty with this, right? What's what's the wisdom that you can give? Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, right? The, the the friends around you that can open up the word of God and share biblical wisdom, godly wisdom into your marriage as opposed to, well, this is how my husband and I do it or, you know, this is the movie we watch that makes sense or this is how I was raised. Here's it's a like, self-help book. Right. It's mm-hmm. like that that doesn't help. I want to know how has God designed this? That's right. Right. And I think that's a super important thing for older women to train younger women, older men to train younger men to help them. And marriage is one of those central things that we need to help each other in yeah. knowing that 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 needs regular checkup, needs regular you know examination. It does. Yeah. You need to put it under the microscope yes. and say, how are we doing? Um, and have a humble posture, a teachable posture to say, I could always get better. Yeah. How now, can now I you've, get better? You've got some other resources uh-huh. that are actually pointed toward that. We That's were just right. talking about um, before we started, um, you, you know, uh, like a weekly check-in, a little, you know, text that kind of pops in. You've yeah. got some other resources that people have access to online. Tell us about those yeah, things. Yeah. Team of our ministers here at Prestonwood, both Prosper and our Plano campus, we wrote, um, you know, weekly text message encouragements. Mm-hmm. They're short. They're little bite-sized uh, nuggets of wisdom, all pointed to God's word. Love it. And how you could get that is by texting the word marriage to 74788. And every Monday you'll get a text message. We timed it so likely it's on your way home. Your way home. Get a little text work. message. Don't, read, little text it. Don't message. read it until you're not driving. Husband, <laughs> that, that's right. Or read it at the stoplight. Right. Husband gets it. Wife gets it. Yeah. And it's a reminder yeah. of something saying, hey, this is important. Yes. You set your heart right. Um, that's just one way. That oh, you yeah, I, I did um, a, a, a different podcast with a guy named Josh Smith. He was just talking about um, this idea that from a man's perspective, his, his thing was uh, go to work, work hard, go home, work harder, go to bed tired. Uh-huh. And I love that go to home and work harder. Mm-hmm. Right? That idea of when you walk into the door. Oh man. Right? I don't here's the thing. I don't care what you've done for the world and the business world that day, okay? When you walk into the door, I care what you do for your family now. Mm-hmm. Right? So when you walk in, I need the same energy, the same effort, the same desire, right, to be the best husband and to be the best father in that time period that I have, right? That you just, you know, exemplified Right. From the, you know, eight to five that you did somewhere else. That's right. right? I want to be the best employer or the best employee. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Now, when I come home, I want to be the best husband and the best father. Right. Don't let down your guard and say this isn't as important. The concept that scripture gives us is that's more important than what you've just done. Yes, it is. Right. So make sure that you're spending the time on those things and investing in those things as well. So I love that getting a little text each week. Yeah. Kind of, you know, pop in. There's some other resources that you have online that you can go to and look for and, that's and right. ask questions about. You know, somebody gave me some wisdom a long time ago and they said, Johnny, make sure that you always leave something in the tank for whenever you come home from I work. Love it. Yep. And uh, they said, so how do you do that? Um, for me, when I pull up to my house in my car, I turn off the music in my car, I put my phone down, and I take however much time I need to pray, 
uh, you know, kind of shake off the emotion sure. of the day, the That's conflict right. that I was working through or yep. counseling people yep. and ensuring that my mind and heart is ready for when I walk into the door that I could be a very intentional husband and very intentional father. And, uh, and my wife sometimes will look out the window and she's like, why were you out in the car for so long? <laughs> well, it was one it, of those. It took, yeah, it was one of those it, days. It was one of those days. Yeah, it was but a little extra prayer. Whether it's five minutes or 30 seconds, yeah. um, you know, you get that little encouragement right before you walk in and it sets your mind and heart right. Um, we've got several resources. That's one of the things that I love most about Prestonwood is, like you said, we take marriage and parenting very seriously here yes. at our church. If you go to Prestonwood.org slash marriage, there's a whole gambit of ministries that awesome. we do. Um, everything for pre-marriage, before you say I do, right. if you're seriously dating, yep. we offer you know every other month a class for you to come to. And that's an opportunity even for married adults who've been married for quite some time to serve and volunteer and, yeah. and be and encouraged. Marriage mentoring couples as we well. We do. We have a ministry. It's called Mentors for Couples, yep. where we take a older, wiser, keyword, broken uh, couple mm-hmm. who've recognized that Jesus can heal every wound. Sure. And when Jesus is at the center of their relationship, they can overcome any challenge or any conflict. And we take these older, wiser couples and we pair them with a younger couple. And we it's like marriage discipleship. Yeah, love they it. walk together for months. They go through an incredible curriculum. And it's simply this, follow us as we follow Jesus. Yes. And it's all focused on how can we show the same grace that we have received from God to one another. That's the key to marital health is can you extend grace to one another? I love it. I love it. Okay. So now let's go back that April 14th. That's right. April 14th. Do I need to register? You do. Go to Prestonwood.org slash one. It'll bring you right to the uh, registration page. If you need more information about it, you can find it right there at the registration page as well. But registration is live right now. Okay. Fantastic. It's April 14th here at the Plano campus, April 15th at the North campus. That's right. Um, 530 to eight o'clock. And we'll be looking for more of those. That's right. right? So this one's just finances. Once a quarter. Once a quarter, we're going to try to do that. We'll be looking for more of those. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Any other word of encouragement to our parents that you would want to give? Oh, man. Um, Can I frame it within a story? Yes. Just a couple of months ago, I was at the racetrack right across the street from this studio right yes, here. Yeah. Uh, not a sponsor, but I was right there yeah. at the, uh, <laughs> at the racetrack. Track. And uh, it was on a uh, Thursday and I was heading home and I'm putting gas in my car and um, I'm a people watcher. Yeah, I me think too. this is so funny. Totally. And I see this minivan pull up in one of the parking spots like so aggressively you know she's driving in super hot she parks right next to this car gets out walks around to the side of the car that she had parked next to and starts yelling and screaming at the gentleman inside the car oh boy and i'm i got my hand on the hand pump and i'm just watching this unfold i'm like what's what's about to happen after some choice words were said she walks around the side of her minivan opens up the minivan door and the kids and yanks a kid out had to have been an eight-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a backpack. Mm. Goes back to the other side of the car, yelling at the gentleman inside, and throws the backpack through the driver's window at this gentleman and says some few other things and walks back in the minivan and drives off. This nine-year-old kid is just standing there. Just all I, The best way I could describe it is just brokenness. Yeah. Just absolute brokenness. Like, 
you could tell he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't know what's going on. And all of a sudden, this guy gets out of the car, grabs his, at this point, I'm recognizing this is a son, by the hand, puts him in the car. I I drove home, and that just wrecked me. I'm like, what happened? And this was the weekend pass-off. It was the dad's weekend to watch the kid. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, driving home, what did it take for that marriage to get to that point? Throwing a backpack at someone, yelling at them publicly in a gas station parking yeah. lot in front of their kid. And, th- and that's the thing that, right, I, I don't know the backstory, right? right. I, don't, I, don't I, don't, I don't know the, the wounds and the hurts no. and the, all the different things that play into it. But the, the, the question that we have and that both of you and I are looking at and saying, here's the deal. When you guys can't get your stuff together. It impacts your kids. Yes. Now there's there's Big a book time. there's a book that I always give out. Um, it's called Between Two Worlds: The Inner Lives of Children of Divorce. Um, it's an incredibly difficult book to read mm-hmm. um, because it talks about how your divorce um, will um, adversely affect your children, mm-hmm. and you need you need to know it. You need to own it, right? right? If you're if you're walking through a divorce or if you've been divorced, you need to realize that the world that your kid's about to enter, right, is going to be really really difficult. And and I'm not saying I'm not saying right that there aren't difficult relationships out there. Right. Not mm-hmm. minimizing that, not telling you that, you know, oh, well, you got, you know, this, this would get everything will work out. Like, hey, here's the deal. <laughs> right. The, the reality of it is that as adults, right, what we do, what we say, right, is going to be imprinted on the lives of our kids. Mm-hmm. And so that reality is just so important into realizing, you know, as you, as you talked about the before you say I do, can I tell you what an incredibly important ministry yep. for people who are about to put their lives together to say, hey, listen, if you're going to be husband and wife, right, you potentially are going to be mom and dad one day. Mm-hmm. Is, is that the guy you want to be the father of your children? That's right. Is that the woman that you want to be the mother of your children? Hey, think about that. And I think a lot of our young people don't. Right. And then as you get married and you you bring children into the world, that marriage relationship, as you said, right, is not whatever you're doing at home is not going to be overcome by the incredible youth ministry at your church. That's right. What you're doing at home is going to imprint on those kids. Yes. Okay. And so I think it's such an important role of understanding why that marriage is so important and the work that you're doing to say, I want to strengthen that marriage. I want that marriage to be the best place to produce a home of peace, yes, right, and security, not just for the husband and wife, but for the children that you're bringing in to continue on to the next generation and the generation after that and the generation after that, mm-hmm. right? That's, it's such an important thing. And I think the concept of, of our parents grasping that, you know, hey, I'm not just equipping you to have a better marriage. I'm equipping you to pass on your faith to your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids. Right. And it starts now. Yep. Like that's, that's legacy. how important this is. Exactly. The legacy. But it's, here's the deal. If you can't figure this thing out and get this thing together, your kids are going to walk away wounded and hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're just going to take that cycle and either avoid marriage altogether. Right. Cause they watched mm-hmm. their parents not figure it out and it was just a train wreck. Yeah, why would I want that? Right. Or they're going to take that unfortunate like tools and lessons that they've learned and try to put it into their marriage mm-hmm. and it's going to end up the same way. Right. And so I think that's a listen, you, you said it before. Right. Everybody needs help. Everybody. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So I don't care where you are in your marriage relationship, getting the teaching and the training and the encouragement and the discipleship that you need 
is something that every single family needs to be a part of. Yep. Now, if you, here's the thing. I think some you know families um, are at a point where they, hey, you know, we need to get some outside help and yes. some outside counseling. Uh-huh. Um, super important. And if that's the case, if that's the case, we have a great list of recommended counselors here and, at and call right. Mm-hmm. Call them up. Go meet with them and say, hey, this is so important for me to work through and for me to fight for mm-hmm. that. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure. Right, that the issues that are here are being addressed and being yeah. dealt with. Start with the church. Start Go with the to church. your minister. I love it. Um, you know, see what sort of enrichment, some sort of training opportunities, yep. so discipleship or mentorship that's available. And we'll tell you, we'll say, hey, we think that uh, we should now complement uh, the professional counselor yes. as well. Here's a list of five or six trusted biblical Christian counselors that we recommend, yep. and we'll make those introductions for you. Yeah, so important. So, I mean, Johnny, I love that you're here. Yeah, thanks, right? Dan. It's, it's yeah, so good. I'm I love, I here. love your role. Um, I love that Prestonwood does life groups and and has oh, yeah. us do life together with mm-hmm. people. That's uh, where life so, change happens. Yes, and so if families are not getting this right, and if you're struggling, it's like, hey, listen, come get plugged into the church, get plugged into a life group. Look for these opportunities that you're you're laying them out there, mm-hmm. right? These are incredible opportunities. Go to these different things. Use the resources that are out there and see what your marriage looks like. That's right. Right? Six months and a year from now. And, and if it's not better because you're doing the work, right? I always say, you know, when people talk about the grass is greener on the other side, I'm like, the grass is greener where you water it. That's right. right? When you live yeah. in Texas, you know that. Yes, it right? is. Right? It's, it's greener where you water it. And so do the work that you need to do to strengthen your marriage, to strengthen and disciple yourself as a man or as a woman, Amen. right? So that you're taking that into the marriage relationship. But but good marriages are so essential for our culture today. That's right. Such incredible opportunity. So Johnny, thanks for the thanks time. Thanks for having me, Dan. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you for investing the time to listen to this episode of The Journey. Please take a minute to share with friends and family who will also benefit from this valuable resource. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast app. It is truly our blessing and honor to walk with you on The Journey.